Hello Blazers, welcome to episode 114 of UAB Green and Told. Original release, Monday, January 1st, 2024. Through our podcast, we are given the opportunity to share stories from members of the UAB community. Listen to previous episodes of Green and Told at alumni.uab.edu slash greenandtold on Spotify or the Apple Podcasts app. And while there, I'd like to encourage you to leave a written review to help more alums find us. I'm Greg Berry, a UAB alum and director of communications in the Office of Alumni Affairs. Some would say that Birmingham was at the epicenter of the civil rights movement. For those growing up during that era, the violence and injustice they experienced can be unimaginable. Today's podcast guest, Chris Chambliss, lived it. One of the little girls was my homeroom teacher's daughter. One was in my homeroom class. One was the sister of a girl in my homeroom, and one was a friend. The experiences Prince had were devastatingly real, and it was apparent years after the 16th Street bombing when he was chosen for a program that moved him to Connecticut to live with a white family during high school. Newspaper reporters called my parents and said, well, what do you think about your son going away to a school where they don't want him at the school? And when he would ultimately return to Birmingham to attend UAB, he got to know one of the greatest names in Blazer history very intimately. I got to be pals with Dr. Joseph F. Volker. That man is, is, is amazing. Dr. Volker, I mean, I got to go and visit with him and just sit and talk and listen and, and just amazing man. Prince Chambliss grew up during the tumultuous years of the civil rights movement, only a mile from downtown Birmingham. It was a time in which he saw a lot and experienced even more. And while he'll admit that his parents wouldn't have approved of many of the things he did during the civil rights era, his childhood was more straight-laced. Goody two-shoes would be the way to describe me. (laughs) Uh, Our parents were strict uh, disciplinarians. And and so if, if we didn't follow what they said we should do, or we did something that we shouldn't have done, uh, we were punished. And um, I've always had a low pain threshold. And so I always attempted to do the right thing. I I generally was successful. You mentioned you're a goody-goody. As somebody that kind of embraces that, what did you want to do? I really didn't know. I mean, I didn't make a conscious uh, decision. One of my uncles was in college with Dr. King. Everybody didn't agree with Dr. King and what Dr. King was saying. And and it was particularly impressed upon me because I had done well in school and Dr. King was saying, well, the grown people, they can't do it because they have to work, but the children, uh, the the children don't work. And so we're gonna let them sacrifice their schooling to to, uh, demonstrate. And so everybody was encouraged not to go to school and to go down to 16th Street Baptist Church, which was his headquarters, and and participate in the demonstrations. And we could see it, 12 and 13-year-old little girls, fire hoses were turned on them, and dogs were loosed on them. And there I was, 15, 16 years old, young man, and I'm going to school. And it was like walking the gauntlet, that that block that I walked from my house to Parker High School. The neighbors could not believe that my parents were sending me to school, and they really couldn't believe that I was going to school. 
And I told them, my parents told me to go to school. And if I don't go to school, I'm going to be punished. And, and so I'm, I'm going to school. And, and so there weren't many people at school. Like, I, I mean, I think most people just stayed at home. But when I got to college, I did a lot of things that I wouldn't have done if I had been living at home. And I would have been punished for doing. And, and I was very much involved in what was going on. And I think that was my reaction to not doing anything when I was in Birmingham. And, and, and just speaking of what happened, the 16th Street Baptist Church bombing that killed those four little girls, uh, I was in Sunday school at my own church, the, the, the Third Good CME Church, which was only six blocks away. And when the bomb went off, m my friends and I, we were in uh, Sunday school, we looked at each other, and, and the Sunday school, everybody, the, the church just went outside. And you could see the smoke over the church, and you knew that it was the church. And my friends and I looked at each other and we knew that was history. And I didn't ask my mother and father if I could go. We just ran to the church. One of the little girls was my homeroom teacher's daughter. One was in my homeroom class. One was the sister of a girl in my homeroom and one was a friend. The, the girl in my homeroom class was best friends with the a little girl who later became my wife. And so my wife was invited by her best friend to come to her friend's church for youth Sunday. And that was 16th Street Baptist Church. So my wife tells her father, Carol has invited me to church, it's youth Sunday. And of course the dad says, well, fine. Later during the week, he asks her, by the way, what's the name of that church that Carol invited you to attend? And she told him 16th Street Baptist Church. And he said, no, you're not going. There is no question. If my wife had been at that church, she wouldn't be my wife. That's just, just amazing. And it, it just sends chills up and down your spine. When you reflect back to the 16th Street bombing, why do you feel it was a turning point? I mean, how bad can things get? Sunday morning, four little girls, innocent children, in Sunday school, killed, for what purpose, for what interest, for what reason? Can it get any lower than that? And I think people were just embarrassed, just embarrassed. And of course, what happened as a result, I mean, it wasn't like all of a sudden everything was right. I mean, they just started doing less wrong less bad things didn't change overnight but it did begin to make a change to this day as we're talking people can't see it but you're emotional with this it's stuck with you the the little girls your wife all of that how has that kind of defined you as a person i was just talking to a, a, a friend at, at lunch and uh, we were remarking upon 
uh, uh, Jimmy Carter, the, the former president. And I remember he and I share the, the same astrological sign. Uh, I've always identified with him. I think if I had had a chance to be president, that there wouldn't have been a lot of difference. I mean, I tend to be very tolerant and, and easygoing and eternal optimistic and things that people take offense at don't bother me. And I think having witnessed something like this, I'm even more so. I mean, it just instilled in me. I mean, they say, don't sweat the small stuff. And then they say, it's all small stuff. That's, it's almost impossible to offend me. Um, I never think that anyone is intentionally trying to do me wrong. And if you're trying to offend me, you're gonna to have to go a long way to make me understand that you're deliberately trying to do something bad to me because it's hard for me to believe. I tend to listen to what people say and I tend to think that people who are trying to teach me are trying to teach me right. I'm, I'm not happy until everybody's happy. You know, I never went to an integrated school in Birmingham, but I left school um, in, in after my sophomore year on a special program. And I lived with a white family in suburban Connecticut. And this program identified black youth in the South and, and you'd take a, a, an exam. And if you did well, they would take you and place you in a, in a white home. In, in a, and, and, and for most of us, the white home was in a white town and the school, I was the only black student at the high school that I attended. And as I was leaving to prepare to go there, uh, newspaper reporters called my parents and said, well, what do you think about your son going away to a school where they don't want him at the school? And the news had not come to us. A decision was made that I was a non-resident. Even though I'd be living with this family, I was not a resident of this town and I shouldn't be allowed to attend the school. And at the same time, there were students, students from Germany, students from England, students from France, students from Spain, students from other countries had come to this town, lived with families and attended the school and nobody thought to say that they were non-residents. So a compromise was reached. I was gonna to have to pay non-resident tuition. The non-resident tuition was paid by a group of people who got together to have an event. And so they raised money and they said, well, as long as we're raising money for this non-resident tuition thing, let's raise money. So any expense that Prince has in college, that the, they paid it. So good things can come out of bad. It's just amazing how, how that how that could happen. You spent time in Connecticut. You went to Westland University. Then you made the decision to come back to Birmingham and go to UAB. Why? That, that's charitable to say I made the decision. Um, I took a year off from Wesleyan. Um, the things that I did at Wesleyan, my parents would not have approved of. I mean. I was in the student protest movement. And I don't think I consciously made a decision that I'm gonna be in the student protest movement, but when things would come along, I said, I'm not gonna be on the sidelines 
now. And and I was out front and, and I was, you know, helping to take over buildings, uh, formulating non-negotiable demands, waking up the president of the university in the middle of the night. And, and, and so I did these things and, and it got to be a point where there was so much turmoil on the campus and, and, and people, I wasn't the first student to say, hey, I'm going to take a year off and I'm going to do something else. And, and so I, I made that decision and I went to New York City and I lived on the Lower East Side and actually found employment and, and uh, took some classes at a, at, a, at a school and worked for an anti-poverty agency and um, also joined the Black Panther Party. If you were 19 years old at the time that I was 19 years old, and you look like me, and if you didn't belong to the Black Panther Party, you had no heart. Well, less than five years later, I find myself going to law school. And, and what I say about that is that if you were the age that I was at that time, I guess about 22, 23 years old, and you weren't in law school, you had no brain. So I've been from one extreme to the other at many different places in the middle. I've had a wonderful life, been very fortunate. There, there, there's somebody that looks out for me. There's no way that I did what I did on my own. From the time of the 16th Street bombing to the time you returned to Birmingham uh, to attend UAB, how had the city changed well, it elected a, a black mayor, uh, you know, city council people changed and, and, and people certainly became more uh, assertive. People knew what was happening in other parts of the country and, 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 and people began to stand up for themselves and, and to make demands. Things just had to change and, and, and it, it changed in many different ways. People changed. I mean, it wasn't just the black people changing. I mean, the white people changed too. People were coming from other places, you know, opportunities. You know, there was a time when people would leave Birmingham and, and never come back and, and, and never even think of coming back and nobody expected you to come back. You became a UAB student in a time of transition for our university. It is just becoming an autonomous university. What was campus like? What was school like for you at UAB? Well, number one, I got to be pals with Dr. Joseph F. Volker. That man is, is, is amazing. Dr. Volker, I mean, I got to go and visit with him and just sit and talk and listen and, and just amazing man. And, and, and he's the architect of that place. As he was putting it together, I was his buddy. I mean, I got to pal around with him while he was having these ideas. He, he would think something up and, and somehow he had the power to make it happen. How did it come about that you got so close with Dr. Volker? At Wesleyan University, I was in the middle of a lot of things happening. But those things that I was in the middle of and, and that were happening in Connecticut hadn't even begun to be formatted in, in, in Alabama. So I got to come to Alabama with the background and the things that are happening. And so I was there to help. I, 
I, I created the African American uh, Association. I, I put that together as the originator, the person in charge of the African American Association. Uh, Dr. Volker is a very brilliant man. You know, why not be friends with the black students? Throughout your life, you've been shaped by a lot of different things. How did UAB shape you into the individual you are? UAB at that time, I mean, it began as the extension center. And, and, and then suddenly, right about the time that I was formatting the African-American Association, UAB became an independent campus of its own. The students there, there, there wasn't really a campus. I mean, at that time, it was just a few buildings and, and they weren't all together. And, and so people worked. The, the students tended to be older. I remember the chief of uh, 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 police for Birmingham now, he may not have been chief at the time. He may have become chief later on, but he was high up in the police division. I was in class with him. We were students. And, and, and so he's older than I am, but he's a student. And so I, I met him on equal terms. I mean, the playing field was level. He was a student and I was a student. He was older, but I mean, he was just another student. I mean, that was somebody else who was in charge of the class. And that was, that was the, a uh, 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 professor, uh, and so it enabled young people to meet adults. And and I wasn't really working. I mean, I was I was living at home. And that was the other thing about going back to Birmingham. I mean, when I left Birmingham at the age of fifteen, uh, my dad and I had a conversation. And you know, there wasn't a lot of you know, son, I love you, dad, I love you. I mean. We knew we loved each other, but we didn't say those words to each other. But but somehow before I left, we managed to tell each other that. And one of the things he told me, if you ever need a place to lay your head and I have a home, you'll always have a home with me, son. And my reaction was, you know, I'm getting ready to get on a plane and go to Connecticut. And, and, and then who knows where I'm going to go. I mean, I got the world by the tail. I mean, I'm 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 getting ready to take off here. I'm not coming back here. And then, you know, a few years later, there I am coming back to live at home. I had some duties at home. My my hair had grown long, and and uh, that was this afro thing that you know nobody thought of, and and I wasn't looking like goody two shoes those days. And somehow that was being tolerated. And there were bell bottoms, and there were sandals, and Somehow we, we, we managed through all that. And it was a good two years for me being back home. Do you still consider yourself a goody-goody? Oh, absolutely not. Oh, no. I, I gave that up <laughs> when I left Birmingham. I left those shoes in, 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 on 6th Avenue. Uh, no, not at all. I mean, I, I'm not saying I'm a bad person, but I, I'm trying to do what's right. I, I don't think I've changed. I mean, I, I think what people consider to be the right thing that changes last question this is one that's repeated this is the only question that's repeated every episode to episode uab is home to the blazers and you can take athletics out we are still the blazers what does it mean to be a blazer well i don't believe we were blazers or at least using that term when i was there mm -mm. and i've had very little contact since I have my thoughts about what that means, and I hope 
I hope to be around a few more years. I mean, I've been around for a long time and, 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 you know, I know tomorrow's not promised, uh, but, but I hope to learn more about what that means. And, and I hope to have some, um, I, I hope I have some impact as to, as to what that means. Uh, but, um, you know, to me, it has something to do with being in the city, uh, being urban and, um, uh, reaching out and, 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 and causing things to happen and, uh, paving a way and, and, and making a way and, 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 and being prominent and, and, and being, uh, uh, doing things, uh, making things happen. That's Prince Chambliss. Prince graduated with his bachelor's degree in political science from the College of Arts and Sciences in 1972 before going on to get his Juris Doctorate from the Harvard School of Law. Today, Prince is an assistant city attorney for the city of Memphis. While he'll admit that it's been a while since he's been back to Birmingham, he still has an idea of what it means to be a blazer. I, I have my thoughts about what that means. You know, to me, it has something to do with being in the city, uh, being urban, and uh, reaching out and, 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 and causing things to happen and uh, paving a way and, and, and making a way and, 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 and being prominent and, and, and being doing things, uh, making things happen. Be sure to check out past episodes of the UAB Green and Told podcast. Listen in at alumni.uab.edu slash greenandtold. Have a story to share or know someone who does? Email greenandtold at uab.edu. Finally, be sure to follow us on social media. Just search UAB Alumni on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and until next time, go Blazers!